to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. joining us again for another fabulous episode of Hashtag Single. I am, of course, Jeanette, your host, and I am super excited to round out our creator series today with a third and final episode of creating content around dates or states of singledom, if you will. I have invited <laughs> two fabulous multi-hyphenate women who I met last month at Catalyst Film Festival, who are the creators behind the pilot and hopefully the series, Not Moms, Julie and Katie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks Thanks, so much. Thanks for having us. You guys, before I hit record, this episode already went off the rails. We've been making noises. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to be a good time. I'm just letting everyone know this is like probably going to be one of our zanier episodes. And, you know, if that's not for you, move along. Well, you've got you've got two improvisers on here, so we'll three. You've got three. Dang it. We'll try to keep it. We'll try to keep it under uh, under control. Yes, and not talk about tangents. Exactly, but yes. So back to focusing. I'm just going to read your bios here to kick us off. and to Lies. The, All to, lies. Lies. <laughs> wait till I read what I have. Uh, to familiarize the audience with who you are and where you came from. Great. So Julie Whitner is mm. an actor, singer, writer, and producer in Los Angeles. She got her start singing in a classic rock band. She <laughs> then found her love for performing on stage in musical theater and writing and performing sketch comedy From there, she began working on camera and commercials, voiceover, animation, film, and TV. And in 2005, Julie started writing for a weekly celebrity guest sketch show and has continued writing features and TV pilots ever since. Known facts, Julie never met a tree, animal, or cheese she didn't love. That's true. (laughs) I'm on board with the cheese. I'm not sure about the tree part, but no judgments. Very interesting. Um, you, there are trees you don't like. There, there's some trees that give me bad energy. Don't wow! You think? Don't you think? That's just me. <laughs> very just curious about this. <laughs> Katie Von Till is also a veteran on-camera and voiceover actor in Los Angeles. She also started her career on stage in musical theater and then went on to perform in TV shows and commercials. Katie is the voice of Snow White in the Disneyland Adventures video game. I found (laughs) this on IMDb, and I'm just going to read it to embarrass you. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Katie is a California native. When Katie was eight years old, her father was looking for an activity he could participate in with his daughter, much in the way he had coached her older brother's Little League baseball team. He saw a casting notice in the newspaper for a community theater production of Annie. They were both cast, and thus began Katie's pursuit of acting. Katie hopes the person who put her personal information up on this site rots in H-E double hockey sticks, but she's also an atheist and knows that probably won't happen. Yeah! You're welcome. Screw you, person, for putting up my birthday. Um, 
Did you write that yourself? Or I did. Were you, yeah. were you inebriated when that happened? I was not inebriated. And it initially did say hell. And then I thought, you know, as the voice of Snow White, I should probably temper that a wee bit. Something you should know about Katie is that my nickname for Katie is Truth Barbie. And Barbie is obvious if you know what Katie looks like, but um, but Katie only tells the truth, like whether you want to hear it or not. Like whatever she says, it's just truth. straight from her brain to like no filter. I Keep like it. Truth Barbie. I feel like oh, Barbie's on board with truth. Well, She's you all know, truth. Ju- Julie used to hate Truth Barbie until until Julie got to know Truth Barbie. Only and when now- I first met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I can be I can be a lot because I I share my opinions freely. Like some people will like send me a voiceover demo like I'm trying to get in the business. What do you think? And I'm like, "Okay, if you're just looking for validation, like I'm not your person. So if you want me to tell you the truth, I'm happy to listen and give you some feedback, but I'm going to give you a heads up that I, it may not be good." So, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> does does my does my face look old? Yes. Yeah. Kate, Katie's the one who's yes, like Yes, you look like a sad potato. <laughs> Katie's Katie's the one who's like, you're going to die before me because you're older than me. So here's what's going to happen. Like, she yeah. just anything and everything. Yeah, I sometimes, look forward to sometimes that. Sometimes we need that person in our lives. Sometimes I mean, we don't, but chances sometimes are, we do. Yeah, chances are I'll watch Julie die. I mean, that's just, <laughs> she's older than me, so that's just But why would you, you know, want to, hopefully you won't be watching. I, I don't want you to watch me die. <laughs> <laughs> she's got her binoculars on at her window and she's like, it's coming. Yes, we're going to be we're going to be in the old lady's home because all the men will be dead and I'll be holding your hand. It'll be great. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's very sweet. If you even remember that we're friends, (laughs) this is a new thing that you've you've come up with. You'll have this podcast. (laughs) So a little back. Let's fill people in. Little backstory here for everyone. If you're following hashtag single pod on Instagram, you may have noticed or you may have not because the algorithm is the bane of my existence Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. this year. Um, we created some little animated shorts using some of the absolute horror dating stories told to me on the podcast. If you've missed them and you want to go watch them, they're all up on YouTube. So you do a simple Google search or you can just go over to at hashtag single pod on Instagram and watch them in our IGTV. Shameless plug. Anyway, originally they were no, just like it's fun worth little. Because it. <laughs> it's that good. Thank I mean, you. only if you want to laugh your ass off, then they're, then they're, then it's really. People, good. I mean, they're true stories. Like if people have been listening to the podcast for a while, like they're I didn't edit the the audio clips at but, all. I mean, they are true well, stories come from from women, you know. Yes, but but the but the added animation has jokes within it. Like there yeah. are jokes in the animation that are not. I think they're fun, but I, and I so appreciate you guys saying that. So originally they were just little fun videos to share, but my friend and director, Bacheva Gez, whose short film I produced a couple years ago, suggested it might have legs as a series and, you know, mm-hmm. nothing else is going on in 2021. Gave it a title and some branding, called it a single moment and started submitting it around to festivals. And last month it was an official selection of Catalyst Festival, which used to be called ITV Fest. And it's one of the veteran web series and digital content festivals around the country. It launched the same year as YouTube came out, which makes me feel very old to say that. Wow. (laughs) So I got to go last month and my series was screened with two other series. One was called Not Moms and one was called Last Chance Moms. And at first I was like, you know, what kind of fucked up curation is this? (laughs) That hashtag single gets grouped in with like motherhood. (laughs) But, you know, I have to say when I went to the screening and I watched these series, I was like, 
literally arms to the sky. Hallelujah. I was just sitting there thinking, these women are my freaking people. I cannot wait to meet them. So long story short, very, very happy to have the Not Moms here with me today. I I just want to say really quickly before we get into Not Moms that there were two screenings and after the first screening, which you weren't there for, uh, I don't know what you were doing, Jeanette. Thursday. uh, I was working. (laughs) God damn you. I had to work. All right. Paying paying bills and rent and eating and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Um, Yours was the last thing in the block. And so when it ended, I I shouted in the whole theater, who made this? And nobody answered. Show yourself. And I said, I said, who, anybody, did somebody make this? Who made this? Oh, my God. Because it was so frightening for me as a woman in the dating pool to to see those things. It was frightening and hilarious and so genius. And I loved all the different animation. God damn it. It's so good. So oh, my good. God. Listen, Truth Barbie, that means so much coming from you. <laughs> And I, I love that story more than, than if I'd actually been there and been able to respond to you. I just love the si- the idea of the silence of the audience. Like, yeah, it was totally is dead silent. <laughs> Where are I'm you? Not Show e- yourself. I'm not, I'm not even sure the lights were up yet. And I just said, who so, made this? So here's really what happened. Katie goes, so who funny. made this? And then I stood up and went, who's yelling? <laughs> and then someone else stood up. Oh, my God. I love this story so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. You ladies. So let me stop talking and let um, let me let you tell us more about your series. Well, it originated with Julie. Julie had had the, this idea for quite some time. Um, we are obviously both not moms, and when Julie and I first became friends, um, Julie asked me that hard question that she asks all new friends, which is, <laughs> which is "Are you planning on having children?" <laughs> Because we've both had to say goodbye to friendships many times when our friends get pregnant and start having kids and and really abandon their uh, prior-to-children friendships. It happens almost every time. So when a friend tells me she's pregnant, in my mind I say, oh, it was really nice being friends with you. It's yeah. a it's a couples thing too. Like, um, so I'm I am not single. I I have a fiance. Well, I am single legally. How long have you had this fiance, Julie? I think thirteen years, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no shame. No shame. Um, I mean, we don't even live together. That's yeah. another show. But anyway, um, and you know, we had this couples friends who we love very much and we would do stuff with them vacations to hawaii all of our like midnight let's meet it for pancakes at dupars you know and both of them were like we are not having kids we're not having kids we're not having kids score then they told us they were adopting which i the first thought was of course oh my gosh this is the luckiest you know child in the world and my second thought was you betrayed us you <laughs> bastards so it's um it's tough, you know, because we know the reality. And I think we've seen them three times in the last four years. <laughs> um, and one of them was spent with um, watching them catch their child's throw up in their bare hands. No, I'm kidding. That didn't happen. Um, but but it should happen. have. But it should yeah. have. Um, it'll happen in a show one day. But um, 
but yeah, it's it's you know it's tough. Those main those relationships are maintained, but of course, you see those friends less. You have less in common. They then start creating their own circle of friends who they need to rely on, and um, and of course it changes. And so yes, when I met Katie, it's kind of the interview process. Like, do you <laughs> ha- when did you decide you didn't want kids? what does your, uh, you know, Katie was married at the time. I was like, what, what, how do you guys feel about this? Like, I really. <laughs> sign this affidavit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Basically. Yes. Sign it in blood. I've, and how yeah, did you meet? We met in an acting class and that's the night Julie didn't like me. And then Julie discovered, I think Julie discovered that her fiance and I have booked a ton, not a ton, but several radio jobs together where we've been husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend. So we would joke that I'm I'm his radio wife. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff Jeff one day is like, oh wait, Katie Vonta. Oh yeah, she's played my radio wife. And I was like, he's like, we should get together with them. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, how yeah. well do you know her? Um, but yeah, so we went out as a couple, and then I was like, oh, I I think I might be in love with Katie. <laughs> Isn't and that then the we way true love works. I know. <laughs> it then, is. It is. And then we Over met for fried lunch. Chicken. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we met for lunch another day, and we I think we had like a four hour lunch. Yeah. Like, we just really hit it off. We have so much in common as far as our sense senses of humors, uh, our senses of humor, and uh, just this no kids thing, and the idea that we're both um, uh, creators beyond just actors. So it was a. I think you might have mentioned that very first day about the show, or really, yeah. really early into our friendship. You said, "I've got this idea. Do you want to work on it?" It was really quick. And I had actually presented this idea to a couple other friends who were child-free, and for various reasons, it it just didn't click. And then Katie was like, "I am, I am in. I'm on board." And you know, you guys don't know this about Katie, but Katie is Katie is a doer of things. Mm, yes. A doer of Katie is a human doer, and I'm a bit of a human doer. And I was like, this could be a really good match because we're both very dependable and you know, true, true to our word. And I was like, this could be a really good match. And yeah, different perspectives coming from different perspectives on the same topic. I'm totally with you because obviously I'm a creator and a producer as well. And you're always like, I have these ideas, but I work better with collaborators. And I'm always, pit- I feel like I'm pitching to people I know, like, we should do something together. And people are always like, yeah, yeah, that sounds so fun. And everyone just is like, let me, let me, they want you to do the work, you know? Right. And it's not until you meet that other person is like, no, literally, like, what's the next step? Let's start tomorrow that you're like, okay, let's get in bed together. We're going to actually make this happen. So yeah. It, mm-hmm. it takes yeah, that, that similar mindset. It takes that similar mindset. And like for me, I'm a, like she said, I'm a human doer, right? So I have a very packed schedule. So it became a thing of like, I schedule it. I have to schedule everything. So it was like, okay, we're having weekly meetings. Let's schedule it. Okay, we're doing we're doing this. So it, it it's all about um, committing to a time. Once you commit to a time, it's actually pretty easy to follow through with that but if you don't start that in very first thing of like here's the time we're starting then everything's out in this nebulous future yeah yeah let's let's do it sometime when we have free time which nobody has nobody has that right Right. yeah and I think it's also important to know what the two skills are like I when we decided to create this like we each had our set of skills and we depended on each other for that and 
Um, and I think that's part of it, too, is if you are going to collaborate, it's nice to have someone who has the skill set that you may be lacking or not as good in. And um, and I think we complement each other that way as well. Yeah, yeah totally. Ju- Julie's a great writer and a great story person. I'm a good story person, but not a great dialogue writer. Um, we're both good at punching jokes and things like that. Again, Julie can just knock out a script so fast. She's a prolific writer, really, really quick. And um, for me, I'm very good with contracts. So anything that's like... You need both. To, you need yeah, both. Yeah. But so wait, anything- Katie is also a crazy genius at grammar and spelling so i just write and then i send it over to her and she red marks everything and says how do you not know this word like what was the word we left in disclude Disclude. julie wrote the word disclude in the script (laughs) and i thought it was a joke i was like ha 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 that's so funny that disclude word you made up and she's like what what do you mean yeah it's like oh god julie yeah she's really bad at that stuff there's a lot of there's a lot of that so i but some of them we leave because we're like oh that's a funny funny. but actually we make katie say it katie's character yeah like why am i the dumb one um but yeah i actually proofread all of julie's scripts even the ones that i don't work on and and her fiance's scripts and so if anybody needs some proofreading reach out and i'll proofread for you for money she's really good I love this. I love this team. Julie, you're the only writer credited on the series, right? Yeah. So when when we did that, um, that pilot presentation, um, I had written it. and But we had talked about stories that had come up. So then, you know, and for both Katie and Evan, we had talked about stories. So then we were like, well. Evan is our you... director, by the way. And yes, third producer. Evan Silver. Um, so then we, after that, I think decided it was going to be story credits by Katie and Evan and Julie mm-hmm. and Julie as the writer. So, but when that was, uh, when that was created, I was the, the only writer on it. Um, and fun fact about Evan is he's a traitor. He is a traitor. Mm-hmm. He promised us no kids and then he, they got pregnant. Uh, after well, he we didn't get pregnant. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They His, got no, he got, they got pregnant. Yeah. Just clear. Yeah, this is I mean, this came up in your Q&A session, which was like, I think it's really funny that you guys specifically chose a director that you were like, was also on board with staying child free and then halfway in the process found out that that he and his partner were actually going to have a child and you guys were like just I, called straight up called him a traitor in the Q&A session. Which yeah, I was I was, was so hilarious. pissed. I was so pissed. Um, but, you know, we we love his kid and we love his wife and, and they're great people. And it hasn't um, – he's been really good. It hasn't really taken away from him at being our friend and being our collaborator at all. In fact, I think it's actually helped us because now he comes from this perspective of I was on the fence. I've made this decision. When he – the first couple years were really tough for him. He was like – to be completely honest, like I'm exhausted. I, mm-hmm. you know, there are times when I wake up and think, oh my God, I've ruined my life. And that has nothing to do with how much I love my kid. But, and it, that is the topic of this show is no matter what decision you make, you will at some point have those questions and those regrets. And even if it's for a moment where you're like, what did I do? My whole life's changed. Or, you know, for like Katie and I not having kids, there's, we question who's gonna, our who's decision gonna take, constantly. Yeah, who's going to take care of me when when I'm old? Am right? I missing not, out? Yeah, am I missing not, not out? Not Julie. On that? She'll be dead already, right? So, <laughs> of so, 
Uh, that is, I find that really interesting. I'm very curious about children. I'll just say that. Like in my 20s, I think a lot of us were socialized to assume we would get married and assume we would have children, right? Absolutely. So, yes. and as I've gotten older and remained single, I've started questioning, wait, wait, do I actually want children? And so I'm, I'm just curious about the process of it. And I keep hearing this one reason to have kids, which is that they take care of you when you get older, which I think is bullshit because it's I think a lot of bullshit. people have yep. terrible children children that they're estranged from or they're fighting with or people that have just like full-on picked up and moved their lives across the country or into another country like that's not a guarantee that your that your children are going to take care of when you're older and not for nothing and then I'll get off my high horse now that we have this um unfortunate system of like let's just put people in care facilities for someone else to take care of them because I'm too busy and I have my life to take care of like that's not even part of our culture anymore that that Mm -hmm. you know more often than not children do not take care of their parents as they're aging yeah yeah I'm I'm totally putting my parents in a home no I'm kidding um (laughs) Uh, well, like it yeah. happened when when my grandmother was ill, she ended up going into hospice, and she has sure. four children, one of which is my dad. And my dad did the primary caretaking, and mm-hmm. I was all, "What the? What's going on with the other three siblings?" Like they were like, basically, "But you got it. You're so good at this, and you're better at paperwork, and we live in another state, and we're busy." And I was like, "This is bullshit. This whole system." Anyway, yeah. sorry. It usually it usually falls it usually does fall to one sibling. Um, like my dad was the youngest of eight kids, and he took he's the one who took care of his parents, right? Nobody nobody else did because right. they lived in other states, and so like you were saying, so um, and one and, and she was estranged from one of her kids, right? So everything you're saying came to fruition. So let's eliminate that reason to have children that they take yeah, care so of you. Supposedly, my, my brother my brother said to me um, that when he had his first child he he said you know i i never thought i'd be a husband but i always knew i'd be a father because having children is the meaning of life meaning i'll never know the meaning of life because i don't have effing kids here's the meaning of life cheese right and then julie's <laughs> sister said something very similar to her my sister said you know i i was I would constantly feel horrible when I watch television because I, you know, they always make commercials and television shows and they all make it sound like the most important thing in the world is kids. And I'm Mm. like, what am I missing out on? I don't want kids, but I feel this fear that I'm missing out on something beautiful. And I called my sister and she's like, yeah, I mean, I'm sad that you'll never know that the, you know, true love. You'll never know what it's, what that love is like between a parent and child. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's a, uh, but then I go, but I don't, but I have a cat and I feel like. Yeah. The minute I felt a little bit of biological clock ticking, I got a cat and, and having a cat is, is so easy. Right. But I was like, oh, this is hard enough. I'm good. Like, I don't <laughs> really need, I don't need, I yeah, I don't need anything harder than that. And then the only other time I felt like a little bit of a biological urge was when that cat died. When that cat died, I texted Julia and I said, is, is it okay to have a baby because I'm sad my cat died? And she's and like, I sure. Said, it's good enough, good as good a reason as anybody else's reason. Honest to God, right? <laughs> but like the true core of that is this like true unconditional love. And supposedly you can't feel that unless you birth something or, you know, take if adopt. But if that's the same 
equation, why can't you take care of something else? Or why can't you right. reverse that true love? Why can't you take care of your parents in the same way when they're older? Why can't Absolutely. you... <clears throat> Why can't you just be a good community member and go to homeless shelters? Like, why can't that same emotion be used in different ways? Yeah, and you can. And I think, and the, the thing is, is yeah, if I never become a parent, I will not know what she's talking about, right? So I, mm -hmm. I don't know that particular love that she's talking about. But honestly, the closest I can relate it to is my pets. When I look at my pets and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love you so much, you know, and I'm pet free right now. But... Like, I miss that. I miss that feeling I had when I was that bonded with another living thing who I lived with 24-7, who shared my bed with me, who, like, I took care of like a child who couldn't take care of themselves, you know? Yeah. So I, I do think there is some of that. And I do think there is some truth to, yes, you'll never know that particular bond and that particular love. And you and if you make that decision not to be not to be a parent, then I guess you just, you have to come to terms with that, that that is something you won't know in your life. Just as having children means that the freedom that we have right now is something that people with kids will never know, you know, True. in their right. adult True. life. Yeah, nice. they'll never know what it's like to be middle-aged and single without children. It's so fun. But the other big issue with being child-free uh, by choice is that um, people really judge that choice. Yes. So it's sort of like, um, oh, you must be really selfish. Or or they'll say a lot of things like, um, oh, there's still time. They think that the decision is temporary or they think um, uh, that, that, I, I, that it's just because I don't have a man or something like that. It's really crazy. And it's sort of like, you know, you hear all this stuff about the most important job is being a mom. It's like – okay, am I, am I a woman if I didn't give birth? Like that my body, people say, oh, your, your body was made for this. And so if, if you're not doing this thing your body was made for, are you not, you know, fulfilling this, you know, prophecy sort of, so to speak? Again, I'm an atheist, as you read in my bio. So, um, but people get really um, judgmental if this is the choice that you make. It's kind of amazing how often people will be rude enough to um, speak to me openly about that choice I made. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it comes from a place of like we you all have to come to terms with any choice that you make. Like let's put it in a really corny analogy, which is that like I live in New York City and I love living in New York City. Now living in New York City is not always easy, but a lot of <laughs> us are like it doesn't matter literally what could happen because we have mm -hmm. fucking committed to New York City right <laughs> and we were like yeah. in right and then therefore it creates this thing in your brain which I have so I know what it feels like which is like nothing else is even remotely close to New York City because right. I'm committed to how awesome New York City is um which it is but you know so I feel like it's kind of the same story which is like if you decide in your life to have a child in it it is hard but you have committed to it you have to convince yourself that it is the best decision so other people's decisions therefore how could you not have children you're selfish how dare you that's the only yeah. logic I can come of it well it's it's interesting when we started sharing this project with uh, different producers and um uh, and a lot of men were kind of like 
What? Or a lot of people thought, how is this a conflict? Like, isn't your life amazing? And it's like, um, there are parts <laughs> of my life that are amazing, but no, like there, you know, there's a lot of pain that comes from this decision and a lot of discomfort that comes from this decision. And if you, you watched our pilot and, you know, there was this scene where, um, I, I, my character is left out of a party because the only people that are invited to like little kids parties are other people with little kids. But if you're, all of your friends have little kids except you, all of your friends are invited. And then you see everybody on Facebook like standing around drinking wine. And it's like, I can stand around and drink wine. Yeah. I don't, just because there's, I don't have a kid there, why am I not included? And that happened to me and I felt incredibly, incredibly left out. So those stories, we have a gazillion stories from our own real lives about how this decision has affected everything. Right. We have a, a character on the show who who wanted a, a baby so terribly bad and and has it and now that she's in it she's scared to death that if she's doing it right or not so she she but she's afraid to admit that um that it's hard she's afraid to admit mm. that perhaps she feels that she is in over her head or you know perhaps she's she's afraid to say i want your i want my single life back i or i and she she's not single but i want my uh, uh child free life back like you know she like you said, so this show, even though in reality someone may not say that, in this show, everybody actually, everybody's truth, Katie. Everybody yeah. actually is revealing that side of them, that fear of maybe there is something else that I'm missing out. Maybe there is, maybe this choice that I made was the wrong choice. And how does that affect everything else? Like, I'm back in the dating pool, right? So it's like when I meet people on the dating apps, it's like if they want children, they're out for me. Right. Or if they have children, they're out for me. So how does that affect me now as a middle aged woman trying to find a partner? And it's it's hard. It's really hard. I think like one of the themes that I get recurring from this podcast is that no matter what decision a woman makes in her life, there is always going to be in the back of her head this doubt that I made this is the wrong choice and it doesn't matter what the decision is it could be yeah. changing jobs it could be moving to another country it could be a divorce it could be having children it could be not having children literally everything I don't know why we just innately second guess everything and I don't know if it's internal or if we've been socialized or if it's the damn patriarchy that has told us that that we can't yeah. be confident in our decisions but I'm fascinated by the idea that there is fear on both ends of it the fear of like what if I never find a partner what if I never have kids I, I this is so personal story my um neighbors uh recently had a child and during quarantine that child was one and a half to two years old and Gosh. they were sleep training her and I started <laughs> referring to her as screamy baby because that is all I heard was screamy baby and oh. it was just so loud and, God, and specifically that's I would hear it at 7 30 and I was like oh it's bedtime all of it like just solidified the like not having kids thing I was like this is motherfucking miserable right yeah but I can sit here at the same time curious or maybe even worried dare I say that like I don't know what what if I'm missing out right and also you were talking before about um uh you know you in your 20s you just assumed that you would right so did I I was like you get married you have children that's what that's what happens I have and a name I, I have a name book girl I bet yeah. you every woman in America has yeah, a goddamn name stuff. book yeah Keegan Keegan okay anywho um <laughs> the other thing is like now I feel like I've 
thank God my brother had children, but it's also like one of my closest friends is an only child. And then deciding not to have a child, not to have children, how does their, do their parents feel about never having grandchildren? Like your decision isn't just about you when you come mm. from this a family structure. So it's like, oh God, am I denying my parents the opportunity to yes. be grandparents? Yes. That's yes. absolutely, yes, I am. That's yes. absolutely yeah. part of it. Or like, uh, this came up recently because my brother is gay and uh-huh. he could still have children and we don't know the future of that. Right. But, right. um, and I'm, uh, 41 and single, so it is less likely that I'm going to have children. I have a smaller window. Let's just say that. Right. 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 Um, I have two total cousins and one of them named his daughter with a hyphenate last name. And I have this very Republican uncle that is freaking out that the family name is <laughs> oh, no. going to die. Oh, I'm the last one of mine. I'm <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. do you know how many family names have died yeah. in the centuries of yeah. America? Like, people do it willingly all the time. Like, no one needs to chase the heirs. There's goddamn ancestry.com if you really need to know who you're connected to. Like, Yeah, but I, I am cares? the last one in my family. and But it's funny. Nobody's actually brought that up except for me. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. You're the last um, in a legacy. <laughs> but yes, in answer to your question, will you regret it? Yes. Yeah, well, you know, you, you always, well, if you but, did it, would you regret it? Yes. yes. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> so it's like every, every choice you make, not just yes. this parenting choice, right? Every choice we make comes with not making the other choice. Yes. So it's and, like, you know, and like your brother is gay, right? And the, the gay community has its own culture, right? And how that looks upon men who decide to adopt or have children. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, th- so every like aspect and then like different immigrant communities, it's it's different pressure for them. It It's it's really something that affects lesbian couples as well. Same thing. It's like if you don't have kids or if you do have kids, you're judged by your community, whatever that is. Absolutely. Yeah. You basically were just like fucked as women either way. Yeah, 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 yeah. My <laughs> my friend, new. a lot of my friends have, have daughters and sons that are now uh, in the job force, like, you know, have graduated and are just beginning the job force, starting to date and get involved. And, and so many of my girlfriends now who all have kids are like my daughter doesn't want kids oh my gosh she's like this is I've never heard of this before so many of the the people I speak to in that age group in their I guess they would be in their early 20s are like I don't want kids I don't see a benefit and it's Mm -hmm. it's fascinating it's a growing demographic as people learn more about like what having children does to the environment and as they think about climate change. Like when I look over at my niece who's like 19 right now, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're going to see this planet die. Right. So some people like I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to birth children so that are going to suff- that are going to suffocate in the air, you know, in 70 years. So people are making this decision for all kinds of reasons. And also, you know, young people trying to get in the job market. It, it's better now. I mean, I know there are a lot of jobs in the market now, but they're very low paying. It's very hard for people to have the money to buy a house, raise a family. So if you can't afford to do it, you can't afford to do it. Yeah. Do you know, I think of, this is what I've been asking my friends that have kids. This is the thing that twists me out. It's, it's very specific and very weird. Like I, in my pre-pandemic life, I was a tour guide and I did student tours. So I'm constantly around 14 year olds. Like I do a lot of eighth grade class trips to New York and watching these kids deal with their digital lives 
Oh God. Uh, which is become more important than they're in. I mean, I'm lit- we're literally like on the Brooklyn bridge and these kids are in their phones. And I, it's just, I think about the future generations and that the movie Wally and like, yes, what, what yes I think of about all the time. Humans were creating that can go on porn sites and dating apps at the age of eight and mm-hmm. the way that we're, it's easy to cyberbully, like just the way that, that the digital world affects human beings um, as, as individuals with souls and little hearts that can be broken I just yeah uh, devastating growing up a child in the digital age is terrifying to me and also uh, the school shooting age and oh my god yes age it's it's just unreal dealing with that but one of the things I like really vibe with you guys in your Q&A session was the fact that that um, we don't see childless women successfully represented in TV and yet such a large oh. percentage of the population is childless. Yeah. yeah, like I said, it's a growing demographic. Like, But every show, every goddamn show is about raising a family or having kids. Even the show Girls didn't end. It, it, that show ended when she became a mother. So it's like, really, you're a girl, and then the only thing that makes you a woman is having a baby? Yeah. Like, it was so – I loved that series so much. And when it end, ended, I, I was I, – I talked to Julie about it. I was so pissed. I was so pissed. Even that show, shows about feminism, shows about, um, you know, having your own voice and being an individual, they all end up having children. It's amazing. Even yeah, even Sex in the City. Similarly, that's the mm-hmm. that's the happy ending that we like to sell in America. But it's just like um, it's it's not dissimilar to this podcast. Which this the thing that I say all the time is like, what people always think of being single as a state of transition. Like, but you'll right. find someone, or you're single now, or people constantly ask me, "What are you going to do with the podcast when you finally meet someone?" And I'm like, "Listen, guys, what if this is it?" What if this is my life? Is everyone going to be okay with that? And I think the other question, too, is what does single mean? Like, I'm single. I am not married. I am single. However, I have someone in my life. We've been together for a very long time. We don't live together. And people are always like, you don't live together. This is a TV show. I'm like, what? Why? Like, what? Right. Why is why is that weird? Why is that weird that we choose to have our own spaces and see each other whenever we want to and miss each other when we're apart and have our own lives and still support each other? Like, why is that so hard to believe? Um, And so being single comes in in many forms and single for you may mean something completely different than it means for Katie right now. And maybe it may be your searches come out to be different in in a different way and depending on what you're looking for you know so me for me i was looking for something different for my fiance he was looking for something different and we found each other but you know whatever whatever and i admit when i first met them i was like that's effing crazy you guys should live <laughs> together and now that's my goal my goal is to find somebody like julie found jeff who doesn't want to live with me I know that sounds crazy, but having seen it now, it's genius. It's genius. (laughs) I feel like, I mean, whatever works for you is the sentence. Yeah. Full stop. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And people can fuck off. Like, I'm not necessarily happy being single, but I'm fine and I'm happy. And if this is what my life is and there is no happy ending, I'm going to be okay. But it's also, I guess it's important to figure out, like, why – 
what is it that is it because you're like i'm supposed to be with someone is it that i don't want to be alone i'm lonely is it that i need financial help like there's so many reasons to you know add someone to your life and and what the only person that knows that reason is you and i think figuring that out then helps you find what you're looking for but i think for a lot of single people they don't know what they want they just know that they're supposed to be mm -hmm. with someone else yeah and i guarantee you people have children because they're they've been fed that story too well absolutely at this point that i'm supposed to have kids or i don't know what to do next with my life so i guess i'll have kids or i've always mm -hmm. wanted a family so my friend scott <laughs> i love to pick adam he probably won't listen to this so i'm not worried about it but hi scott <laughs> he's like you know he and i were single together for a long time going through the trials and tribulations of dating and um and so when he decided, similarly to what you guys have experienced, when he decided to have a kid, at first I was, they, they told me with one of those, like, let's get drinks in the pandemic thing. And I was like, so happy oh, to God. see you guys. And she ordered a, um, a mocktail before I'd gotten mm -hmm. there. So we're cheersing and they're like, we have some news. And my heart sunk. <laughs> my heart yeah. sunk. I was like, and then you got to put on that brave face of That's like, right. I'm so happy for you guys. But literally I was like, fuck you. I'm never mm -hmm. going to see you again. You're going to move to the suburbs and you're not going to be my friends that's but right when he had kids <laughs> I went to go visit him this summer and um I was like okay real talk guys um what's how is it having kids like I just want to know like <laughs> like does it, mm -hmm. it I do, is it good is it it doesn't seem fun to me like watching you guys this is this is a challenge so what's the real deal here you know so I just feel like when I ask him about it you know he never talked about I want to have a family or I really want to, he never talked about it. Yeah. So I'm always curious, like, were you just sort of like, well, I got married, so I guess we'll do the next thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does he say? He says, I always wanted to have a family kind of thing. It's, it's like, it's like it wasn't off the table for him, but I mm -hmm. don't think he was the instigator. Got it. A similar thing when, when I, I was married for a while before and um, when all of our, we got married very young and a lot of our friends started getting married very young and started having children and watching them <laughs> become parents and have children is what made me not want to have children. Like, <laughs> no joke. I, I always I thought, oh like, my God, this is hard as fuck. I always mm -hmm. thought it was, but it wasn't even, it wasn't the babies. It was the adults. It wasn't the babies that was the, that, that were the problem. I wasn't looking at the baby and going, ugh, I don't want to change diapers. It was, I don't want to be these people. I don't want to behave <laughs> like these adults are oh, behaving in this relationship. I don't want that relationship. And um, and that's where my fears came from. It wasn't the child. It was the adults after they became parents. By the way, I have seen Julie in a restaurant go up to a parent and basically in an indirect way um, telling them the parent is misbehaving. <laughs> I Oh, my God. I would love to be a fly in the wall. Yeah, like there was this kid making like like – like meow noises or something which is ironic because that's what julie does all the time and we were we were <laughs> no we were i went up to the child not the parent i go to the children not the parents oh that was okay my bad my bad because oh, the children so are more mature so satisfying if you went up to the parents so she though. went to she went up to the child and was like you're so good at that i bet i bet you do that at home all the time or something like that it was and the dad's face was like horrified i we were one time i was with my mom and my sister <laughs> at a um well, I got to I got to go back here. Okay, I was at a restaurant. It was like a, you know, a kid-friendly restaurant, so that was fine. But the parents were sitting at one table, and all the kids of the two 
couples were sitting at another table and they were rowdy and crazy and throwing stuff. And clearly the parents didn't give a shit. So I went up to the table of the kids and I said, hey, can you guys, you know, keep it down a little bit? And boy, did they shut up immediately and didn't make another word afterwards. <gasps> if I had gone to the parents, they would have been offended. Point. Yes. Here's the point. Here's the example. I was traveling with my mom and my sister. We were at a hotel. These kids were on their computer games really, really loud. There was also a band playing in another room. Like it was insane, the noise level. And um, my sister was like, I can't sit here anymore. This is crazy. And I said, just go nicely up to the kids and ask them to turn it down. So she's like, really? I was like, yeah, tell the kids. The parents aren't doing anything. So my sister went over and told the kids, hi guys, can you turn your computer games down a little bit? The parents flipped out. They were like, how dare you talk to my children? Yeah. Wow. How, you know, you can't, you don't speak to my kids, you speak to me. So it can backfire, FYI. Yeah. Um, but So caution, everybody, caution. caution. But I will say, if the parents aren't going to say anything, and they're not responsible enough to know that everyone around them is being bothered, then I'm going to talk to the kids like mature adults. Yeah, absolutely. But that, that idea fascinates me that you just brought up of like, it's not seeing children or that I'm repelled by it's seeing what happens to adult relationships who mm-hmm. are parents that I don't mm-hmm. want and the minute you said that I was like I 100% you know what you mean and I don't want that either like seeing how people who are married or in a loving relationship like no longer smile when they talk to each other mm-hmm. just something similar like that or like everything is about um uh function. everything's about yeah, so, uh, survival, really. Yeah, yeah. When can you, you, when get you bring that, it down? Can you bring that? Yeah. Or what do you want for dinner? Or mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's not even that. That I mean, it kind of breaks my heart. That I don't, I don't want to be in that partnership either. And think about if you if you decide, if say you and your partner both want to have children, but people have really different parenting styles, and I I see a lot of parents clash because they they literally want to do things differently with their children. And then, so then it becomes this argument of, mm. of, of how you're raising your children. And, and depending on whoever is the, you know, quote unquote alpha in the relationship, um, that's what it usually ends up happening. And then the, the, the beta in the relationship ends up resenting that person. Yes, like yes. It, it can cause a lot of issues in a relationship that have really nothing to do with the child and everything to do with your individual personality traits that only come out once you've had children. Yeah. So there's no way to really anticipate it. Yeah, I had, I had, after I got divorced, I was like, whoever I'm with the next time, I don't know if I want kids or not, but whoever it is, I'm going to make that decision once I, once I decide who I want to be with, and then we will make that decision together. Um, And when I met Jeff, he's a bit younger than me, and he was like, I, I don't want kids. I've never even thought about kids. I was like, yeah, right. Um, (laughs) And so I had to make a decision. Once I realized he was the man I wanted to be with, I had to make the decision, okay, now do I, am I willing to give up having children to be with this person? And I'm still deciding, um, (laughs) but I think the answer is yes. (laughs) All right. And why do you have to decide? You know what I mean? Like, oh, because I'm not having kids because I'm right. No, no, no. But I'm just saying in general, why does one have to like always know, like, Life is long and we change our minds all the time. True. Like you're figuring things out and you're discovering things and, you know, who knows where it will take you. But like I support where you are at the present moment. (laughs) 
thank you. It was a, a bit of a joke, but no, I have I have made my decision and I'm very happy with it. And even though, um, <laughs> yes, I have all the the fears and the sadness and the you know the FOMO and all that of making my decision, but but. There, I've never been so glad to not have kids as when this pandemic rolled around. <laughs> right? Yeah. Amen. You know, getting it back to the show, it's like n- we never see this on, on TV or in film. Like the only time you see somebody childless, it's it's because they're a spinster or so, oh, so sad. You know, there's, there's never anything about people who are happy with that decision or even – um, you know how how it affects their lives being judged by other people. There's there's nothing. There's there's no stories for us. Right. There are no stories for us on TV or film. Or there's like a character who's right. making a decision. But we we really wanted to involve a group of of like minded women and or men or both who have made this decision and how they cope together and how they support each other. And it's really it's really our lives like collecting friends who also don't have kids and and it's the family you make mm-hmm. right it's the Aww, family you yeah. make instead of the family you birth I love that I th- I mean that's so great like and and podcast episode I don't know <laughs> <laughs> do I? I don't know. Um, and podcast. Yeah. And scene. Um, no, I do have one final tough question for you guys um, okay. before we close out this episode. Are you ready? Seven. The answer is seven. No, incorrect. Um, ah. So to me, the title, Not Moms, kind of sounds uh, like a rallying cry, almost like a rebellion, right? And on the podcast, we've talked a lot about the topic of otherhood, which is sort of, we've talked about this earlier, but like dealing twofold with the way society treats and handles and labels women who have not had children, but also the internal processing of like, how do I define myself slash prove my worth to society if I haven't provided this so-called single purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Why do you think in 2021, our country is having such a hard time letting go of the idea that not all women want to become mothers. Well, I mean, I think it's many things, but a lot of it is because our society is uh, bombarded with uh, religious fanaticism these days. Mm. Like it's, it's pervasive to the point where, uh, you know, it's affecting our government in a way that it never was intended to. And um, obviously I'm an atheist again, I'm going to say for the third time in this podcast. Um, but I think a lot of it comes from that. Yeah. And there's an, there's another issue of like, you know, Japan has an aging population and they're actually, and the same thing with, it ended up with China too, where they started encouraging people to have more children. You know, originally it was have one child and now it was have, have more children because we need people younger than us to keep society going. Right. Even in America, we need the people below us paying into Social Security. So when it's our turn, there's still money in the fund. Right. So I think I think that's part of part of it as well. It's like how how do we keep society going if we don't if we don't continue procreating? Yeah. And I which is yeah, really businessy thing to say. That's a non-emotional um, issue, but it's, it is a legitimate issue. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I really think it has to do with like anything. Change is scary and the fear that there are other options is scary. Um, I, you know, I, I, I came from parents who, when they grew up, women didn't have as many choices. And I think, you know, obviously it took a long time for people to be comfortable with women 
deciding that they were going to be single or women deciding that they were going to have careers and make those choices. And I think it's the mm -hmm. same thing for motherhood. I think it's it's going to take a long time for people to be comfortable with making those decisions which are so different from the past. And, um, you know, it's it's just slow to change. It's always slow to change. And um, that's why we need shows like this is to say, look, this is a valid option. And yes, it comes with um, the good and the bad, the same thing that parenthood comes with. And I think it's just talking these kinds of conversations and what are our goals? And we can have wonderful goals that we can accomplish without children. And I'm not saying you can't accomplish them with children, but I think it's just a matter of of the discussions and seeing the shows and seeing the characters who've made these choices. You know, my goal is to tell these stories to the point where um, it helps it helps people like me, people like Julie, other people. I, I want to be able to be proud when I say, oh, I'm a not mom. I'm a not mom. Yeah. And not have to feel any sort of guilt or shame about that. And destigmatize it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cheers to that, ladies. Yeah. I'm um I don't know if I'm a not mom, but I'm definitely a not couple or I'm like a not yeah. marriage. Yeah, good for <laughs> so you. Man. We're, we're in the same family. I might become a not mom soon. I'll let you know. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. We welcome you. Thank we welcome you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. and by the way, we do have a Facebook group. Um that is a it's a private group, but it's a it's a safe space for women or uh, right now it's just women, but um, who don't have children who have made this choice to really voice their their joys, their fears, their frustrations, frustrations, their sadness, their I mean, com funny. I mean, there's constantly people posting funny things about this, and so it is a safe space. Um, if anybody who's out there who wants a community. Um, it's called Not Moms. It's a private group. I don't know, Katie, how do you find well, it? Well, you could send – they can't. But you could send a DM to me, Katie Von Till or Julie, uh, Julie Whitner. Or uh, us, and we'll either connect on, you. Yeah. Yeah, either on, either on Facebook or Instagram, and then we can send you an invite if That's you let awesome. us know your Facebook handle. So you can yeah. send as many pictures as your pets as you want to, put as many – post as many pictures of your pets, and we won't think it's weird. Can, no, not can weird. Can you post a picture of your favorite tree? Of course. Yeah. I don't have any, but just curious for those who do love trees. You can pay, you can post a picture of your scariest tree when it comes to you. Okay. That's well, right. Do. Do. Um, ladies, it's been so fun. So uh, fun. Chatting oh, thanks, I'm Jeanette. so happy that Catalyst connected us. Um, Me too. I love your story. I love your message. I love your brand. I love you as humans. So I'm so happy Thank that the universe you. brought us together. And I hope that there's more not moms to, not moms to come. Um, Thank you. And uh, that we see more from you guys in the future. Thank you. I hope we so see more much. from you too. Yeah. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for this episode of Hashtag Single. We hope you liked it. If you have a not mom in your circle, if you are a not mom yourself, please consider sharing this episode and passing it along. As always, we are over at Hashtag Single Pod on Instagram if you want to join us for the conversation. And we are so excited to bring you another episode from a badass single woman in two weeks. We will catch you next time.